Um, and as they're kind of like laughing off red, as you do Crazy Ralph style, right. he screams at them, the title of our episode, but stay on the main road. Stay on the main road. Horror movies, if I have a guy tip, when, when the locals tell you to stay on the main road, do it. You do it. I yeah. mean, we see an American werewolf. It can go wrong a number of ways, it, yeah. but it never goes right. So yeah, that's very true. Listen to your crazy Ralphs. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hey everyone! Hello! Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Marion. This is episode 69, entitled Stay on the Main Road. Because today we're talking about 1977's The Hills Have Eyes, Mr. Craven's second feature film. Uh, with a great tagline. I really like this one. Uh-huh. A nice American family. They didn't want to kill, but they didn't want to die. Oh, that is good. It's really That's good. one of my favorites, yes. actually. Wow. I was like, man, you've encapsulated the whole movie into like three sentences and they're bitching. And it, yeah, it's not dumb. That's no. great. Um, well done. I hope fun. Wes came up with that himself. I hope so, too. So this movie, a little bit of a budget step up from Last House, which mm-hmm. was 90000 okay. This was 230000 Okay. And it made $25 million. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing all the way to the bank. And he's like, I don't want to do horror movies. And they're like, uh. $25 million. No. But you're really good at it, he's man. He's really good at it. Yeah. Uh, this also had a different original title on the script okay. uh, which he wrote which was blood relations hmm. hills have eyes also a better title that is, that is actually a better title it's like movies thumbs up movie titles perhaps mm. not so much his bag though, uh, I, though he did come up with night run elm street right that yes. is the original title and that is pretty solid that's pretty good yeah uh so this movie is based on the legend of sonny bean who was a uh guy in the 1400s in scotland uh-huh. who had a cannibalistic feral family really yes who lived in the cave caves and would lure transients into their cave and eat them and they finally found them and he had like you know all these incestuous children and all this horribleness Gross. and they just were so horrified they hugged them all no trial just hugging them really yeah wow 1400s they're they like, like this is just just burn it all yep. burn it all down <laughs> this is begin. we're not even going to begin to deal with the paperwork well, they on must this. have been like so crazy that <clears throat> they were like a trial would be a farce like there's sure. no way to do it so sure. just yeah no i'm sure like the rebuttals would not be strong with that family um but it's funny too it's just i i i think i've said this before but i really think this is wes craven's uh strong suit which is just like mining history and newspapers yeah and then just coming up for just the most appalling things that have happened in real life and making movies out of them like yeah. that's really his, that's really his deal twisting it just enough to make it a little hollywood yeah um so this was film was written and directed by wes craven um it starts off with uh fred an old man who's uh at probably the worst gas station in the entire world Mm -hmm. um in the in the desert Well, what about the gas station and and children of the corn remember where they have him like planted on the edge of the corn this is worse i think this is the worst gas station in horrible movie horror movie gas stations i feel like this is like top three okay yeah texas chainsaw's up there 100 percent. that is the worst gas station um but or maybe this gas station is worse but that's like in a worse movie i don't know it's all very but he's also like being kind of 
the the bad guys are kind of his friends because he helps them trade. Right. But he knows that they're terrible. Yeah. So uh, Fred's like this old man who runs this gas station in the middle of nowhere in the desert. Who's kind of a crazy Ralphish. Very crazy Ralphish. Yeah, definitely. And he's talking to this girl, Ruby, who's like kind of feral and she just looks terrible and they're sort of talking trade and she wants him uh to take her with him like she she's like i don't want to be out here anymore and there's this sort of allude to this family that she's a part of that she clearly wants out of and he's like are you insane i'm not taking you like i'm not stupid i, don't, I know what's gonna happen to me um and they hear a noise and she hides and then the carter family shows up on vacation with their camper trailer and i feel like when you kind of see them roll up and they all kind of pop out and everyone's sort of like blonde and wholesome and in a good mood and um i feel like this movie is just the nightmare movie if you ever wanted to take like a camper trailer vacation you'll watch this and be like i think we're good yeah, i no. think uh i think that dream's dead i think Thank i think you, the lesson this teaches you is uh don't go through nevada <laughs> is what this lesson teaches you because in the middle of nevada there ain't nothing good yeah you can go to vegas and that's about it um uh, and the uh the shooting of this film was also notoriously hellish because okay. they're in the middle of nevada and yeah it's like 120 degrees in the day and like 30 at night right so it's no fun either way you that's go so funny yeah you it's funny because i feel like you know sort of a little bit that i've read about this movie people recognize it was a difficult shoot but have fond memories of it and i feel like that's totally probably west craven because mm-hmm. i feel like if you take them in like appalling places most people are going to be like we're done we're out you yeah. know but he's has such a reputation of being such a gentleman that everyone was like well okay i guess i guess it's not that bad um so our parents are bob and ethel uh they have teenage kids bobby and brenda get ready for all the names people um and then lynn is their eldest daughter played by d wallace stone uh, huzzah. um and she's there with her baby and her husband doug who is very sunny bono-esque I, I, I his outfit in the beginning of this movie is incredible incredible got, like striped socks and shorts and yeah and the cutoff jean shorts that are a little too short a really tight green shirt and this like magnum piece mustache uh, and these aviators and the guy is just so 1977 it's ridiculous and they're on their way to California ultimately right. to LA for, yeah. as movie stars and fancy cars as right. Brenda says uh, but on the way they are stopping by the silver mine they were gifted for their silver anniversary which is pretty adorable which is pretty adorable but man going out in the middle of nowhere in Nevada had a to map. find it it's kind of a garbage gift um, <laughs> the directions were not clear um, and mom gets a lot of the blame in this movie for not being able to read a map correctly right. and I would say I feel your pain mom yeah I'm terrible with maps but also too like this is not the mom's fault this is uh, the bob the husband is a cop uh from cleveland who retired early because of his heart and you're like oh no oh okay oh we see movie oh we see where this is going um but he has been a hardened cop in cleveland for a, whatever the last 50 years or whatever yeah. so like you feel like okay he's not he's not a wuss like he's yeah. got some stamina he's gonna know what's up right good decisions will be made by bob no yeah um and so yeah they're all sort of kind of you know you kind of real and they've got two dogs beauty and beast um so it's a pretty full house um and sort of you know they're kind of telling him like oh they're gonna they tell fred oh you know we'll need some gas and also we're gonna look for this mine and then we're gonna go to california and fred's like forget about the mine like forget it just just go just you know go to california get there as fast as possible get the hell out of here um and as they're kind of like laughing off fred as you do crazy ralph style he screams at them the title of our episode but stay on the main road stay on the main road horror movies have a guy tip and when the locals tell you to stay on the main road do it you do it i yeah. mean we see an american werewolf it can go wrong a number of ways it, yeah but it never goes right so yeah, it, that's very true listen to your crazy ralphs right um so 
so it's interesting where they kind of they do kind of drive off and they uh you know kind of hear they're sort of you know reading the map and they think they might be like on a nuclear testing site because they're right near Nellis Air Force Base, which right. is an actual Air Force Base, which is in Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. well, geography is a little yeah, funny, but in the middle fine. of Nevada, who cares? Right. Um. And so they they lose control of the trailer and the there's car. There's a bomber that goes overhead and like flusters Dad. Yeah. Like he's not sure what's happening and right. they just immediately you're like, oh, you've broken your axle. And now you're fucked. Yeah. But there's also this weird part where like that happened and then, you know, they trash the car and so everyone kind of gets out. They're trying to, you know, kicking the tires and trying to figure out what's going on. And they cut back to Fred. And I like that his gas station is called Fred's Oasis, <laughs> which is just <laughs> ridiculous. And it's like one of the S's is backwards. And um, But then Fred's truck blows up. Do you yep. remember this part? Mm-hmm. Why did Fred's truck blow up? Because they didn't. Because the, so because they figure out that Ruby has escaped, right? And so they figure out that like he was trying to get her. She, they think he's trying to get oh, her out. So the family did it. So the family did it. Gotcha. So he couldn't leave. Gotcha. Okay. See, I did not get that part. Um, not, not the Carter family. No, no, got it, family. got it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> but just clarification. We understand that. But yeah, for the two podcast, families. Yeah. Yes, and we have not met seeing this like crazy family, like part of Ruby's brood. We've only seen Ruby so far. Right. But when we see kind of the family in the early days of this film, you hear them talking you hear like you see hands you see all that kind of stuff like the reveal for what these people actually look like comes a bit later um but yeah so the beginning of it is everyone looks around and it's like oh well what are we gonna do but people are pretty much in a good mood like bobby does that fucking sweet flip which is crazy and i was like that was unnecessary um but also pretty cool um so they're running around like playing with the dogs and like doing all this kind of stuff and you see some sort of omens where like lynn finds a giant spider on her jacket in the inside of the trailer and like smushes it and um and uh, but you can already tell. Can I bring this up for yeah. the spider? That the the family does seem slightly splintered in that, like she finds the spider, she freaks out, she stomps on it. Uh-huh. She comes out. Brenda's like, "What happened?" And she's like, "Oh, nothing." Uh huh. Like she doesn't say like, "There was the biggest spider in the entire world on my jacket, man." Can you believe it? Like yeah. they're already like they don't exactly connect. Uh-huh. Well, is that splintering, or do you think that's the kind of thing where there seems to be? Because I feel like Bobby will do it later on. There's like a lot of. Sort like for the best of intentions, like trying to protect each other from bad things because Bobby sees something very bad goes right. go on this film and he doesn't tell anybody forever about Drives it. Drives me crazy. Okay, I yeah. feel like if you were, but really, don't you think that's to protect people? But I feel like if you're really in tune with your family, you would immediately be like, "I just saw this thing. We need to do it because like, you because you recognize we're already in the shit right now." Yes, got it. So it's like all bets are off. Yeah, and as you, far as you, that kind of, you who would want to keep a secret like that? Like uh-huh. you know, it's just gonna like people are gonna tell eventually something's wrong with you. Yeah. Your family, so uh-huh. just tell them anyway. Yeah, they're gonna keep asking, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And you're gonna say nothing. Yeah, and you're like, "Uh, just tell them." Don't be that guy. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's fair enough. But they have uh, Beauty who runs off into the desert. Yeah, uh, and Beast uh, who is barking at the site, and then Bobby runs out after her. So, but first, Dad and Doug, Doug sp- decide. Yeah, to- so they just they have like a family prayer circle, and they're <laughs> like, "Okay, so what's the plan?" And the plan seems to be that du- that everyone else is gonna stay, and that. Doug is going to head off in one direction to try and see if he can find gas and whatever. And Bob is going to go back to Fred's Oasis to see if he can like borrow the pickup and, you know, see, they say the CB doesn't work because there's like a lot of iron in the mountains. And so the radio also isn't working. Um, And so the family is basically going to like have a picnic and kind of hang out and stay put. Um, And those guys are going to head off. And so, yeah, when they head off, Bobby was following the dogs. And I feel like another big horror movie survival guy tip in this 
film and many other films is listen to your dogs because I feel like the dogs from the beginning know what's up like right away there's like whining they can see things you can't see and people always act like the dogs are just like misbehaving in these situations Mm -hmm. where I'm like no no man they totally know what's up they know it's a ghost they know if it's a psycho they know 100% they know who's good they know who's bad like come on you know well the dogs uh, ultimately redeem themselves but I do feel in the beginning I'm like these dogs are just getting them in trouble like beauty like what is she doing like she shouldn't she Uh should be trying to stay there protecting them and not mm-hmm. like run off into the desert uh-huh um, and and they have a dog by the way can we just mention that they say that beast oh haha killed a poodle in ha- miami oh, that. wasn't that owner so angry and i'm like you have a dog that killed another dog and you're cool with it and you're just like this is my dog the like, 70s i don't know <laughs> it's west craven who, who can yeah, say like i don't know um so yeah so you know bobby goes off chasing uh uh beauty um and uh while the family's starting a picnic and he you know you hear like the terrible dog yelp noise that is in a lot of movies that always makes me really sad um and he finds the dog uh disemboweled uh and has a pretty good freak out yeah. and like hauls down uh well done to that actor man yeah the the layout of this film is really interesting where it's the desert but it's it's also kind of the desert where there's a lot of like rocky mountains mm-hmm. all over the place. So there's a lot of people kind of like running up the rocks and running down the rocks at like where that's covered in like Joshua trees and cactus and whatever at like top speed. Um, it's pretty good stunt work in this or, or just actors who are very game um, yes. because it's when Bobby sees that the dog is disemboweled, he hauls down that mountain. It's like a lot of wide 70s shots that kind of get zoomed in. Um, and that guy's really hauling and it's, it was so pretty good. He takes a spill out of frame. Yeah. So we we assume that he's down for the count right. for a while. The ladies are there by themselves. Yeah. And the dad uh, reaches the gas station um, finally. Right. And it's like dark at this point. And everything's kind of messed up. And yeah. then all of a sudden he hears this weird noise and he goes into the other room where Fred has been trying to hang himself. And he yells in the best Cleveland cop voice, get your neck out of that goddamn belt, you jackass. <laughs> Which is like, wow, that's the first thing you yell when you see someone hanging. Yeah, you're like, knock it off. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> What's your problem? Grow up. Um, uh, so... We get a monologue. We get, uh, this is the monologue I wish Crazy Ralph had. Like, this is the kind of monologue yeah. I'm like, I want a little more backstory on my Crazy Ralph. Yeah. Man, does he give it. This yeah. this monologue, well done. Yeah. Where he talks about his wife and his daughter, and right. then he has the second kid, and the second kid's a mutant, and is like 20 pounds and covered in hair. Yeah. And the kid's and like, just bad killed the seed. wife and childbirth, right? Uh, no, burn them both. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, the kid was just always like the worst. Um, and then yeah, like burned his sister and the mother. And then when the when Fred came back, he hit his kid with a tire iron. Is that right? In the face, and so split his face open. Split his face open, and then just like basically left him out in the desert to die. Um, but he didn't. Uh, and so he has created this like horrible clan out there that is you know precisely what you were talking about earlier with the family in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and they're like cannibals and it's incestuous and they're all crazy and they all have crazy names they've all given each other crazy names um except ruby doesn't fit with the theme yeah so the that uh son has grown up uh with his weird split tired iron face and has dubbed himself uh papa jupiter Mm -hmm. um and he has three sons pluto mercury and mars and then ruby is the last one and i don't know why she doesn't have I don't know. We got plenty more planets to go with, but that's okay. But maybe because she's not quite exactly like them because she wants out. And so maybe she's meant to be separated, but I found that a little confusing. Can I ask where mama gets her liquor from? 
probably because they're stealing everything, right? Yeah. They steal from the Air Force Base. They steal from people who pass by. They're probably making like hooch and, you know, like it's <laughs> just moonshine. moonshine. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And the mother is just sort of like perpetually drunk in a cave somewhere. And, right. and they have Ruby tied up, chained up. Yeah, it's a for... charming life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can so, see why one might want out. Yeah, she's like, I feel like there's more fun to be had in other places. Um, so yeah, basically like when he's the, he finishes telling this monologue, um, Papa Jupiter crashes through the window and like grabs him and tire irons him in the face to death. Yep. Um, and then and hangs the him dad, up on the outroom door. Right. And the dad's like, bail, 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 bail. And um, the dad is hauling ass and you see him yeah. running. You're like, your heart, your heart, man, don't run so fast. What are you yeah. doing? And also he has a gun. Yeah. So I'm like, why are you running? Yeah. Just turn around and shoot him. It's a good question. You're um, a cop. I assume you have shot people before. Yeah. Um, or at least used your weapon. Um, but yeah, he just kind of runs and sort of has like a heart attack and then is captured by the family. Uh, meanwhile, Bobby has returned back and he is has like full. There's a lot of twang that goes on in this movie. Levels there's of a twang. High level of high levels of twang. And Bobby has like one of the earliest ones where he comes back kind of shell shocked from having found beauty in her state. And you're right. Like everyone's like, what's up? Nothing. It's fine. I'm good. I'm good. They're like, what happened to your face? I have no relevant information to give you right now. Because your face is all messed up because you fell and he's just nothing, none of it. Yeah. Uh, But... Doug returns. Doug returns. <laughs> so happy because he found a bunch of random stuff from the trash. It's like he found gas. He found all this stuff. They're like, did you, you find a phone or a purple? He's like, no, but look at this stuff I got. Yeah. But he's like, just in a really great mood. Like, it's like. How do you walk like 15 miles in the desert and then are just like whistling on your way back? Yeah. I have no idea. And then have, and then have energy to go in the back of the station wagon with your wife. Yeah. No, he does. It's like, it's not been a bad night for Doug. No. He's just like, well, it's mildly inconvenient, but well, you know. those happy-go-lucky people? I know. <laughs> and this is great casting too, because I, you see it and I'm like, I can't see this guy turning. I really can't. Like, yeah. he's so, so, so Sonny Bono. Yep. I'm like, see you in 45 minutes. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so he kind of goes off and uh, meanwhile, yeah, while Doug and Lynn are in the station wagon doing their thing, um, that's when we see Pluto, who's played by Michael Berryman, um, and he is siphoning gas uh, out of their car. Um, and again, once again, like one of the dogs runs out, well now Beast runs out into the desert and I just thought of like another horror movie survival guide tip where I just like stop running after your dogs in the moonless desert. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Like you're just, you're not going to find the dog. The dog will find you way before, but there's so much running after dogs to like separate people in this movie. So much splitting up. So much splitting up. Please stop splitting up. When you're in the middle of nowhere with your family and just stay together, man. Yeah. Like it's, that's, it's the, that's the, the the number one lesson we can give you in this yeah. movie. Stay together. Stop splitting up. And stop wasting bullets that yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> so then we hear a horrible explosion yeah. and screaming yeah. because they have crucified uh, dad to a cactus and then exploded him. Yeah. So everybody runs out and you get the horrible scene of the mom just just freaking out and just being like, that's not my Bob. That's not my Bob. Like just you're like, oh, that's mom's the first gone. Twang. That's the first big twang. Yeah. And they've left Brenda and the baby, Katie, um, by themselves. And so Pluto and Mars have broken into the trailer, kind of using this as a distraction to ransack and then they find Brenda. And oh, she's so pretty. We know what all happens there. Luckily, this is not Last House on the Left. We do not get the graphicness. I hope lessons were learned because yes. it's a little like you you get it, but it's a little loosey-goosey. And so I'm like, but I'm grateful, so grateful because yes. like that's not – we don't we don't need more of that. Um, so yeah, there's – so, you know, the mom is like, snap, that's not my Bob. And they kind of like take him down. Um, and Bobby also does a snap because he runs off into the desert with his gun to, quote, 
get those bastards. Come on, Bobby. And I'm like, no, you're not, Bobby. No, you're not. You're definitely not. You don't know how many of them there are. No. You know, they blew up your dad, dude. Like, yeah. there's just, you know. <laughs> They're on a level beyond you. Yeah. Like, and you're, you're probably not going to win. Measly little this, gun. Yeah. Again, in the moonless desert. Yes. Like, you can't, they have no flashlights. There's no. no, you know, they're not using like a smartphone app. Like, they got nothing. He's got a, you know, he's twang and he's got a gun and that's all. Um, so off he goes. And meanwhile, like, Bob is kind of alive when they put him down, mm-hmm. but then he does die. He kind of smokes comes out of his mouth and it's um and so they the mom and lynn return back to the trailer um because doug is kind of hung out with uh staying with bob and they're gonna get him a glass of water and a blanket (laughs) yeah Mm. uh whatever um and bobby has run off into the desert and this whole showdown in the trailer is my favorite part of the film i mean absolutely i think it's really really well done because you have this crazy fight and super close quarters and D. Wallace is amazing in this, like, I'm like, you know, she basically comes in and Mars has this crazy mongoloid looking guy with like bow, like he comes in on the stone age is holding her kid and she's like not having it. Like you are not walking out of here with my baby. Um, And they have this crazy fight in close quarters where like she's trying to get the baby. They have a gun. Brenda sort of, you know, has a knife and she tries to slide it over to Lynn. And it's the whole thing is a super messy, awkward, you the way you feel like people would fight in that situation mm-hmm. where like it's not staged. It's like, you know, Lynn basically gets shot really quickly. The mom gets shot really quickly. Lynn gets shot again. And the whole thing is just it's so tight and mm-hmm. compact and messy. I thought it was great. And it's totally gripping to watch. And I feel like it's one of the best sequences in the film. I, it's surprising. I, I, I was surprised uh, at how quickly they they just two of them done mm-hmm. and the mom survives she has some sad feeble wanderings and yeah. mutterings to go right. through and like a night of, of agony uh but they just down done. and then and there's really nothing they could do uh lynn had stabbed mars in the leg and mm-hmm. they off with the baby yeah and then doug returns back and you know you've got this like you know west craven doesn't isn't just like oh people died move on like he comes back he finds lynn he has that whole don't go baby mm-hmm. thing which you're like single tear for doug um and definitely that's when doug goes twang yeah. and now he's joining the twang club and, and it, but it all happens so fast it does it's just like you know 15 minutes before he was like having sex with her in the back of the station wagon yeah. and now she's like dead on the floor and the baby's gone. Yeah. And you're like, wow. And things... three of your family is dead in like 10 minutes. Like yeah. the whole thing went off the rails so fast. And there's something about that where I feel like, you know, you can kind of sometimes feel the plotting of characters' deaths in a horror film mm-hmm. where you got to like space this shit out and blah, blah, blah. And this movie keeps everybody for quite a bit and then they just go really quickly. And I think it's a great sort of tactic to use to heighten the hysteria of the remaining characters because Bobby and you know Brenda obviously for you know what she's gone through but Bobby and Doug too like the three remaining family members are just like gone like they're super gone and before Mars has run off he tries to take Brenda and the baby but can't take both of them and so just takes the baby so Doug knows that they have his kid like they killed your his wife they have his kid and he's just like oh we're doing this Mm -hmm. okay we're doing this you know Uh, um and and the boys go off on on their hapless quest to try to best these uh the the psycho killers yeah Uh, luckily they have beast along because beast does much of the heavy lifting yeah beast is really they would be lost without him in which uh he pushes mercury off of a cliff yeah which is one of the sons and then also steals the walkie-talkie and brings it back brings it back which which is is amazing instrumental in their the 
their battle. Yeah, and uh, the clan, uh, the, they return, Mars returns with the baby, and the clan's just basically like, ah, ha, ha, we're going to eat this baby because we're cannibals. So delicious. delicious. There's a lot of like, you know, finger licking with around the baby. Um, and because we've, you know, we know Wes Craven from Last House of Left, you're like, they could legitimately kill and eat this baby in this totally. movie, and I wouldn't be surprised. Totally, I know. I was kind of, I was the whole time. I was like, mm, "Don't do a movie. Please don't do it. <laughs> please don't. Please no." Um. So the mom does eventually die. Um. And they hear a noise, and they have a great fake out in here where um they hear a noise, and because they've locked themselves in the trailer, and everyone's just like at a twelve, Bobby just shoots through the door. And then you hear the radio. Mm-hmm. And I remember when that part happened, I'm like, they just shot the fucking dog. Like, I cannot believe you did that. The dog was bringing you the radio. Right. It reminded me of Dead Calm with oh, like, you know. Yeah. So I totally thought that's what happened. And so he opens the door and the radio's there. And then you're like, there's going to be some whimpering or we're going to find like a bloody track and we're going to find Beast. But no, Beast was just like, Beast had just run when the, you know, shots were fired. But the Beast was fine and everything was okay. And now they have a radio uh-huh. um, that the clan has as well. So you're like, ahaha, ha, upper hand. Hear their plans exactly. now. Exactly. Um, we should use this wisely. And Brenda has been in a comatose state since her uh, rape and has not really been said anything. And now she's starting to finally come to and realize yeah. what's going on and her mom and everything and she finally realizes that nobody's going to help us that like yep. we have to do this all ourselves and that's the turn that's yep. the turn that you need to be in order to be a final girl guy boy couple whatever final family you stop waiting for help and you start doing it yourself because no one's coming um jupiter has an amazing speech in the meantime to the dead father's head oh yeah his burn head you remember that speech where he's got food in his mouth the whole time yeah and he's like what is he, he has like a i can't remember exactly what he says but he has this thing where he's like you come in to my territory foisting your family's way of life i'm like really i'm pretty sure they were just driving through i'm pretty but i guess it's like seeing them with their chevy and camper it's too much it's like too much (laughs) you can't have that if i have this nope um so dawn has finally come um and i like that we also get a lot of like like a a groovy 70s soundtrack of doug running through the desert with with beast Mm -hmm. trying to find katie his baby um and brenda and bobby have the cb and they're trying to call out to see if they can like have anyone can come anyone to help them and i feel like that's kind of the final straw for them where they hear a voice on the cb and they're like oh my gosh this is where we are p.s this is how many bullets we have left and this is our situation and it's totally the clan pretending to be like you know helpful whatever and they're like ah, ha, 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 we're coming for you um they're like oh what are we gonna do so they decide to to do some stuff yeah Brenda, a trap brenda's got a plan it's a pretty solid plan this plan i feel is a little dubious really i feel, I feel like this is a, a very surprising plan uh, surprising in that it was too complicated or surprising that they ever thought they could pull it off surprising that you use your dead mother as bait that's surprising like that's pushing you like you've been pushed so far that right. you're like my dead mom's body but they're both full twang we yeah. already established this yes so I, I know yeah but they so they set her up where you know they so when jupiter finally comes they mm-hmm. he goes over oh what's happening with the mom and mm-hmm. he gets the foot the foot loop yeah the gets foot dragged loop. yeah uh, but the foot loop is like they've attached the foot loop to like a wheel in the car like uh with the car that you know won't work because the axle's broken but the engine will turn on so when the wheel, wheel spins it pulls him and they like drag him all the way across the desert but about halfway through the, the wire breaks <laughs> and so now he just has road rash and is pissed off <laughs> really pissed but they have a backup plan um where they've taken all the propane tanks and put them in the trailer um and sealed up everything jumped out the back of a window and they're just waiting for him to open the door mm-hmm. and it felt it felt a little jaws to me this moment where they're like kind of hiding behind the bushes and they're just like just just you know come on just open the door just open the door and it felt like that Roy Scheider smile you son of a bitch you know or like (laughs) the bullets keep going through and they can't get the tank but they open the door and it blows up 
but Bobby has to double check to be sure, just right. to make sure. And Brenda's like, no, 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 that's a terrible idea, which I don't know if that's a terrible idea. I feel like it's probably a good idea. Just like, I always feel like I wish people would check somehow from afar. And I feel like people always want to check by like leaning over and sticking their face in the killer's face. Poking it with a stick. Yeah. I'm like, poke it from a stick well, far this away. Is the other throw rocks at it. Part of their plan is that they've now destroyed the only shelter they have. Correct. And they don't really know if anyone's going to come get them. But that's what, this is exactly Roy Scheider at the end. Like the yeah. plan is, it's like, yeah, the boat's sinking, but they're just, before like they all go down, they're just going to kill this thing. Right. And there's no plan after that. Like I assume, I assume they think that they're just walking out after that. I um, feel like you and I could come up with a better plan. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. I would hope so. So um, we have, we have uh, plot A going here correct. with this uh, blowing up trailer. We have plot B where they're chasing after the baby. Mm-hmm. Ruby eventually gets the baby yeah but gives it to doug mm-hmm. but then he gives it back to her right <laughs> to go go hide with it There's some baby swapping i feel like he wouldn't trust her with that baby but right but me. she did run away with him so it's like you gotta get friends where you can um beast has dispatched pluto like off to the side um in i definitely looked away for some part of this because there's some gross foot oh yeah his like ank- his heel is not yeah, all there mm-hmm. it's really good yeah but beast is like i'm done with you yeah. like i'm done with all of this so beast like fully takes out one like for doug and it's like thank you um so the only one that they're really dealing with right now is mars um and so yeah the end of the movie is basically like ruby doug and mars all kind of like going at it by this cave while brenda and bobby dispatch jupiter with axe and gun yes because of course he is still alive he has survived the explosion um but the end of this movie starts to get a little final exam where like everyone's like just die already please just die um and so there's this weird thing where the mars and doug are kind of struggling over a knife and ruby picks up a snake and puts a snake like in Mars's face to distract him and I'm like probably just he like bi- I think she bite it makes him bite him does it well because it just it just he's sort of like get it off get it off like just I think she's like that, that's what I thought it was oh. like she like make the snake bite him on the neck to, like, I just thought you could poison. hit him with a rock or something and it seemed that, a lot less complicated that too. Um, and not but, make it have that actress pick up an actual rattlesnake pick up a snake but snakes well snake. Well, we paid money for a snake we're using the snake um, <laughs> so um, so yeah so Doug gets the upper hand and yeah just fully Courtney final exams stabs the shit out of him Rep- Repeatedly. And this is where you're like, that actor I saw in the beginning of this film and this guy, yeah. same guy, yeah. really can't believe it. Yeah. Like an incredible turn where you're just like, he's so gone and yeah. brutal and just like, I'm going to just stab you until yeah. I am 100% sure you're dead. Yeah. And then fade to red. Fade to red. I like I like when they fade to different colors. Yeah. I also just like when they sort of do movies where there's just these kind of films where there's just no wind down. They don't no. believe in a wind down. Like they really believe it's like there's no epilogues. There's no. No, I like the hard cut. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like stab, stab, stab. Yeah, that's it. And then, but then this is a similar to kind of Last House Left where no one wins. And like, mm-hmm. yes, Doug and Bobby and Katie uh, and Brenda su- survive, but like, yeah. there's no rest. Are they going to get rescued? Like, we would yeah. assume someone from the Air Force base is going to see the uh, insane amount of smoke from yeah. their mm-hmm. RV, but maybe not. Maybe yeah. they're really just going to die out there anyway because they yeah. have no food or water or shelter. So. Yeah. I think this they survive, but did they survive? This is a a movie where I feel like if you were going to do, and I know they did do a sequel to it, but if it was the sequel where it's like Halloween two, where it picks up like Mm. the minute after the first one ends, I think this movie is perfect for it because I mean I understand these sort of like weird anomalous people, but like maybe there were more sons, maybe they encounter other people, maybe they, but if like the four of them were to pick up and it's like Doug and Brenda and Bobby and this baby and like geez, what are we going to do with this baby, you know? And they're just trying to get out of the desert and then like more stuff happens. 
happens. I think that would be an interesting sequel. Well, eventually, we'll be talking about Hills Have Eyes too, so we can talk about it then. But in first, before that, before that, a little gore factor. One is not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. And we gave this a five run for the barf bag in gore. That ankle is gnarly. It is gnarly. Do you think it's a, do you think it's five gnarly or do you think it's more like four gnarly? Because I it's, feel like there was a lot, I've, I've done a lot more looking away for five. So now I'm wondering, mm, perhaps we were overly But generous. you did look away. You looked away for the dead dog. You looked away for I the did. ankle. You looked away for the throat, I'm sure, when the dog gets his throat. Oh, you're right. I did. Okay. So. All right, fine. I'll live with the five. How much does it make Marion look away? <laughs> That's, That's how we gauge our fives. <laughs> That's how we do it. Um, movie rating, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, is not too shabby. And five, is fantastical. We both went four and a half. I don't know why. On I, this. I feel like I Last would... House is much more like, I want to kill if, myself afterwards. Sure, but uh, if we had seen Hell's Have Eyes first... Would we have felt differently? Thing is, I think we might have done, but uh, but you know, now it's like it's sort of hard to like eliminate context from these things when you're watching them. And uh, yeah, I do think I feel a lot of empathy for this family, and I feel like they do a really good job with the protagonist. But I just think that the for fives I have given, the circumstance is really extra horrific. Mm-hmm. Cannibal Family in the Desert's not great, but it's like not the worst thing I've ever seen okay. and or imagined. And I feel like that's where my fives are. Okay. Um, so, that's that's, that's, so that's a half for okay. me. Okay. Um, so continuing on our West Craven They can't all be winners, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love you, Wes, but... But uh, a couple of other movies happened, mm-hmm. some of which we're going to be talking about, one of which is 1986 Deadly Friend. Whew. Yeah. All right. Um, so <laughs> kind of a different direction. A little bit of a different direction. This is a little bit more where, you know, you get these kind of weird combinations of like, I assume purposeful comedy and horror. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it is confusing. All of which we will talk about next week. <laughs> um, you can also uh, find us, guys, on all of our social medias. We are the letter R into survival. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Um, and we love hearing back from you guys also on iTunes with reviews. Um, we like five stars. That makes us happy. Um, no suggestions. No suggestions. No, no pressure. I'm not trying to undo influence. Uh, mm-hmm. But just, you know, if you enjoy this and you don't want to ruin our day, uh, yeah. give us five stars. You should support the things you like. And then those things can <laughs> Continue. Yeah. It's very simple. Definitely. Um, we love you, our fans. We love you, our fans. <laughs> like, geez, is there no bribery in this already? Uh, P.S. We're sending you 50 bucks in the mail. Okay, guys, next week. <laughs> See you then, guys. See you. Hey, guys. Hey, we got something special for all of our horror movie survival guide fans. What are you guys doing this Halloween? How would you like to watch a movie with me and Marion? But how is that possible, Julia? I'll tell you, Marion. <laughs> Uh, you can listen to us do a commentary. Mm-hmm. We can watch New Nightmare all together. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And you might be like, what are you talking about? What's New Nightmare? Um, totally underappreciated. Yes. Wes Craven, Freddy Krueger film. And I feel like it's when Wes Craven took ownership back of this character and created this film that is super meta mm-hmm. and I think pretty scary and as a great concept. Um, so we've figured out a format by which you can watch this movie with us without having to leave the comfort of your home. Yeah, you could sit around naked if you wanted to 
to. We don't have to see. Why should you make it naked? Why did you have to bring I, it well, naked? Well, I'm just saying you could be in the comfort of your home <laughs> is what I'm saying. And that just immediately meant naked Maybe to you? I like to watch movies naked. I don't know. I, I enjoy mean- pajamas. I'm a pajama kind of girl <laughs> with my movies. Um, so the plan is, guys, rather than do uh, a regular format where we watch the movie and then talk our heads off about it, um, we're going to watch it with you. Um, we're going to do a, like a commentary episode. We're basically, we're going to all press play on this thing at the same time. And then as the movie unfolds, Julie and I are going to be chit-chatting about it and giving you guys trivia and tidbits and horror movie survival guide tips and all kinds of good stuff while we all watch the movie together. Yeah, what could be more fun on Halloween? I would love to watch this movie with each and every one of you out there listening. Yeah. So why don't you join us? This Halloween, we'll be watching New Nightmare and you can join in. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fun. Yay, happy Halloween. (laughs) See you then, guys. Bye.